Welcome to JP Morgan TV. I'm Bruce Kasman, and with me this week is Joe Lupton. Um, and we got plenty to talk about, I think. Uh, let me start by saying we've been uh, watching a global economy that has um, uh, done quite well turning into the new year. And as we've been interpreting that news, uh, we've made uh, really two judgments here. One is that the momentum that we see building um, outside the U.S. is likely to last for a while. The reopening bounce in China, the rebound from the energy crisis in Europe, and hopefully some improvement in what has been a beleaguered manufacturing sector for much of this end of 2022. But we felt like a decent portion of that lift in the United States that has gotten us to raise our GDP forecast to above 3% for Q1, it was probably driven by some forces related to mild winter and seasonality that will start to fade from the scene. So I guess the issue now is we're starting to see March data. We have a decent amount of survey data and we're beginning to see some other uh, reports. And we should recognize that um, we're recording this um, before the employment report, not by choice, but we can't get anybody else to come in uh, to be with we'll, us tomorrow. We'll be here, Bruce. <laughs> we'll be here, but we won't have many. We got a we got a we got a data watch to write, right? A global data watch. We got a data watch, and we got um, uh, to cover the numbers, but um, lots of arguing, lots of lots of deciphering. But um, uh, we're doing this call on Thursday um, before the employment report, so again, even less information than we'll have. Uh, but we're trying to decipher, first of all. Uh, is the dynamic playing out? And I think the short answer is it does look like that's starting to happen, but perhaps more importantly, um, how much are the um, uh, the conflicting forces we think of continued uh, momentum holding up outside the U.S. and some signs of a downshifting in the U.S.? So, Joe, why don't you take it from there and kind of, we have the PMI surveys this week. Maybe that's a place to start on the global, global front. Yeah, I mean, I... I I think if there was something to that we were worrying about, it was a sense of building fragility as we entered the year. Uh, and that was, we felt like was gonna build slowly and kind of tip the US into this mild recession. Uh, you certainly could get more worried in a world where you felt like not, not only had financial conditions tighten, but then we had this banking sector stress that will likely lead to much more uh, significant tightening in, in credit standards. and that. Is, is enough to get a lot of people worried about kind of near-term recession risk. But, you know, I mean, when you look at the, the data flow, it's, it's actually quite strong. It is backward looking, but the nice thing about the PMIs is that they're very current, right? So we just got the, the, the March PMIs this week. And I think, you know, there are some things to, to worry about, but the broad message is that momentum not only picked up on the quarterly average, but continued to pick up right through the quarter. So the, the monthly PMIs rising every month since November and, and pretty solid gains in just the last two months. That is heavily service sector driven. Uh, but even the manufacturing sector bounced back a little bit. It did take a breather in March. And are, this, these are the areas where I still worry a little bit about some of the, the Asian PMIs kind of came off a little more than we, we had thought, particularly China, some of the bellwether tech economies came off, Korea, uh, Thailand, Vietnam, which aren't big, but tend to play a role in the tech cycle. Those are alarming not alarming, but those are worrying. Uh, but the service pickup is really big. That's consistent with our call. 
global GDP tracking 3.7%. And the bottom line here, Bruce, is that that fragility that we may have been worried about, you don't really see that sense of fragility yet. It might be coming. Uh, and we do see, you know, tomorrow's payroll report will be an interesting read. Next week's But US Joe, let me let me jump in here. Two things. One, I think it is important to connect the service sector strength to these lifts coming from fading drags, both in Europe and in uh, uh, in Asia. Secondly, we weren't really that worried about near-term recession risk coming into the year. We certainly felt fragility would start to become a factor as we moved through the right. year and late in the year, but we weren't really worried about it. And I think we've got reasonably decent confirmation. What we are starting to see on the edges, and we'll obviously get more information tomorrow, is a sense that U.S. growth momentum, which was extremely uh, strong in December into January, um, you know, has started to turn uh, down. It's not in the PMI, of course. The PMI survey for it's not March in the went PMIs, up. and even if we're right, I mean, yeah, it's a momentum slowing. But two hundred thousand payrolls, if we're right, I mean, that's that's still pretty good, right? Yeah, if that's the if that's the number, of course, the market is starting to feel that momentum switch and think. Well, that's the okay. point, Bruce. Like when I talked about the building fragility concerns, I'm really talking about with the client base we're talking to, and and you and I have had so many conversations that the U.S. was already in recession in the first quarter, and it's just like I don't know what data you're looking at because the data look fairly fairly strong here. Uh, there's concern maybe recessions in the second quarter are going to break, but you know, we're just not seeing anything breaking. And the monthly profile of the data flow is is looking pretty good. Tomorrow's payroll report will be important. And that's why I was kind of leading up to next week's. I, I, I think next week's retail sales will be an important marker after, you know, a big up in January and a down in, a down in February. I'm curious what we're going to get next week for a March reading. Uh, and then, of course, that'll contrast with the inflation pressures on next week's CPI report. Yeah, so we'll... We'll process this. I think I think you're right. The general thrust of data is that uh, the U.S. is slowing, but is still going to look solid here for at least a little while. Um, the question I think we then have to address is how does the Fed process this as it looks towards the May meeting? Because quite frankly, after next week's data, um, the information flow between the um, uh, the end of next week in the May, uh, May 2nd, right? May 2nd, May 3rd, uh, yeah, FOMC meeting. meeting. We're not going to have another employment report. We're not going to have another CPI or retail sales report. So most of the information will be filling things out, not likely to have that big a, an impact. Obviously, we can see things move in financial markets. Um, Bruce, you'll question, have weekly claims. We'll have weekly jobless claims, <laughs> which we've been, we've been obsessing over. We've been uh, yelling at each other a lot about. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, but just generally speaking, um, what's your perspective well, on what the Fed should do in May? I mean, I think this is the point, right? I mean, to the extent that the data flow continued to show uh, not just resilience, I would say somewhat remarkable resilience uh, in the survey, at least some of the surveys, uh, the, the PMIs, which we tend to stand by, are showing some momentum increase. Um, you, you put that against the fact that inflation is going to be is is running hot and we're still looking for I, every time i go and ask dan what our forecast is for the next month on core like i did before this 
call and I'm just like, my eyes get wider. I'm just like, okay, another five tenths on core is what we're looking for next week. And I think, geez, man, it, it this is just not coming down. I mean, that keeps the three month run rate at about five, seven, which is where it's been hovering. I mean, that's nowhere in the same universe of where the Fed wants to be close to. <laughs> so I, I just, it, yes, things may break, claims we'll look at, but I don't see, you know, financial markets, of course, can break. We'll see that. Here, we don't get it like a senior loan officer survey. That's not. Uh, I think that comes out in early May. And it comes out in um, mid-May. Middle, middle it's going to be after the. But they'll yeah. have some. They'll have that information. They'll get us. Maybe a they will because it. it is a Fed survey. I don't know. That's kind of an interesting wrinkle I haven't thought about. But nonetheless, I I just don't see something breaking between now and that Fed meeting. I I would be I, I would be shocked if they don't. Uh, right now, I would be shocked if they didn't hike twenty five. And I would think the bias would be, hey, you know, we could have to do more here. Well, I don't fight the idea that that's what they're going to do. Um, but I'm personally would would be in favor of them pausing at the May meeting, leaving aside the uncertainties around what the data is going to print. Let's just assume we get the 200,000 we're forecasting tomorrow uh, and we get what will be not decisive uh, growth indicators one way or another. And as you say, a high side inflation number. I'm still of the mind that I think the uncertainties about what's happening in financial markets uh, the sense that there is a momentum shift here that we still have to uh, be mindful of, to me, would be uh, consistent with saying, hey, let's um, give this, this a chance. This is a momentous occasion, Bruce. Is it, is it Passover that <laughs> where you and I are kind of flipping, uh, flipping scripts here? Like, I feel like I'm the more hawkish one now in this call. Um, perhaps. Um, but I've you know, been trying to read the Fed's reaction function. I've been saying all along, I don't think, I don't have any problem with the Fed at some point here saying, take a pause and see what happens, even if you haven't got confidence you're getting inflation under control. But what, because are, you, I, what are you looking at that, that would get you to say, okay, we're getting traction here. Payroll's getting down to 200,000. Yeah, that's a momentum slowing, but there's not much. I, I would say that's still fairly healthy fairly strong. I would call that still above potential growth, all else equal. And well, more inflation is absolutely accelerated. Well, I think the the issue here is that I do think you're seeing a momentum shift. I'm comfortable with our forecast for second quarter GDP growth in the US being at 1%. And I think that part of the news flow in the last number of weeks is the sense that the Fed having moved so far over a short period of time does create stresses in the system that could end up being destabilizing. And I think you should be taking that into account. And I do think, as has been the case with the RBA, who, who paused this, this week with the idea that, hey, we may need to do more if things don't mm -hmm. get too stressful, it's not a bad idea to send a similar message to that, to say, look, we'll, we'll take a little bit of time here to let this thing settle, see where we are. We can come back and tighten some more. Um, it's not... Um, necessarily the right thing to do will in terms of what what will pass but it's probably a good balanced way given that we don't know what's in the pipeline here uh, both on growth momentum and yeah. on on the financial market side I mean, let, that's let me, what i would that's what i would do uh, recognizing that ultimately that may not prove uh you know the appropriate thing to do i think balancing risks here i think if you let 
things start to break more seriously in financial markets is the, if the interaction of momentum on growth comes together with that, that's going to be harder to control than ultimately yeah. you need to create an inflation, inflation driven recession. You can do that. You know, you and I know how to push those buttons. The Fed knows how to push those buttons to deliver that kind of outcome. But let me kind of same general topic, but switch gears a little bit, because in some sense, going in May or not is is less is kind of the less important issue. I mean, what, what's out there is a market that thinks they're going to be cutting 100 basis points uh, by early next year. Yeah. Um, which I, I'm but cutting in July now, I think it's, yeah. it's priced in. But yeah, 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 between between yeah the next the following meeting and and going out early next year, um, you know that's not something that you in your kind of your newfound uh, kind of dovish cautiousness uh, you're not going that far, are you? No, no, not at all. I mean, I don't think I think you can make the case for going on hold here to be mindful of the uncertainties in the financial. Hold. Which is way the RPA for sure. Exactly. It. Yeah, I think I think to get the Fed to ease, to get the, um, you know, that kind of outcome, you actually do need to see a recession, or you need to see a significant enough uh, financial event that makes you feel we're we're really uh, sliding into some some form of a crisis where credit and funding more broadly can seize up. I don't think the case for that is is there, mm-hmm. um, but. No, I just think you, it's not a bad idea to take take a time here and, and rest. I'm not arguing that's what they're going to do. I I see what you're saying. I hear the well, rhetoric. It's the inflation numbers that just, I mean, it, it, what is it? it's been like five straight months of accelerating inflation. We're not talking strong inflation. It is strong. It's too strong. It, like I said, it's another universe. It's very strong and accelerating. It's not accelerating from the peaks last year. It's just not coming down. It right. came down in the end of last year. Came and it's down and now popped every, up somewhat. Like the last four months is up, 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 up. Yeah, no, inflation is too damn high. Right? <laughs> that's uh, that's for sure. Yeah. But again, I think you want to be. You have to decide. Look, if you're the Fed and you've decided that you need a recession, all right, bring it on. But if you're in the mode that I think they are, that they're still searching to find that ground where they can. Um, contain inflation, maintain financial stability, and not have the economy push uh, the unemployment rate up to 6% or so, then I think the right thing to do right now is just settle, recognize, as you say, you're going to be hawkish in your tone. You're going to say, we might have to come back to this, but take a, take a break for a couple of meetings, see what's happening, and then you know reset as you go into the second half of the year. That'd be my my t- take on what we should be doing, but we'll Bruce, see. Yeah. I mean, you've turned new Testament. I don't know what's happened here. <laughs> well, I've never been an old Testament fed person. I'm just saying, I, th- I think at some point they may need to get there. I'm an old Testament person in my personal life, but not as, not as a fed board member. It's a new maybe, <laughs> maybe we'll, uh, on this uh Easter leave it weekend on this Easter and Passover weekend. Little, maybe we'll just leave it there. <laughs> These rates have risen. okay so we'll leave it there i again we are doing this before the employment report so maybe tomorrow you could listen to this as a uh, conversation that shouldn't have happened but with that (laughs) is it belated april fool's day joe (laughs) (laughs) something like that but in any case uh, thanks for listening and hope we can continue the conversation next week on jp morgan tv